0: What's good, everybody? This is your guy, Manny, and this is the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. You're listening to another episode of the Back Row Commander Show. The Commanders start week one with a win versus the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars. I had to put the lowly in there because the Jags were not necessarily a good team. The Commanders get the win, but it is what it is. You know, pretty much the game started like, you know, 14-3, 14-3, to three, we were looking good in that first quarter, and then the offense just kind of disappeared, right? Then Carson wins two back-to-back interceptions. Then And the next thing you know, it's now a football game again. You know, it, these things happen all the time, and I got mad and I got happy when Carson Wentz threw those two fourth-quarter touchdowns to go ahead and seal the victory. So I'm going to go ahead and run my intro, and we're going to go ahead and get this episode on and pop it. You guys know how we do it. So guys, Carson Wentz, first of all, before I get started, the Commanders, the first ever game the Commanders have ever played in the NFL is a victory. FedEx Field was, was humming. FedEx Field was, was fun and exciting for those who were there. But I'm going to go ahead and say this. Carson Wentz's debut, it was like jack o Some things you like about what he did, some things you didn't like about what he did. I feel like Scott Turner called a a good game, but after a while, Scott Turner got kind of passive or pass happy to where it was, we knew where the ball was going to, and and that was to Antonio Gibson. But I want to talk about Carson Wentz first. So Carson Wentz had a pretty good game. You know, he threw the ball 41 times and he caught, I mean, he, he connected on 27 of those. Now the run pass ratio, they passed the ball 41 times. But then you also see they ran the ball 28 times. I would have loved to see the commanders run the ball up into the 30s. But then they kind of felt like they weren't comfortable running the ball. And Tony Gibson only got 14 carries. But Carson Wentz, good debut, uh, 313 yards passing, which is a positive. Um, He had a rating of 101. He had a QBR of 46.3. But those two picks, those two picks, he was sacked one time, so he didn't you know, he didn't just kind of just – he didn't stand there and wait to get, you know, wait to get sacked or or anything like, like that. What I saw about Carson Wentz was he was decisive. He got the ball out of his hands. He made the long throws, the short throws. He made a lot of crispy, crispy throws. My favorite throw was that touchdown to Terry McLaurin. I mean, he put the ball – in a perfect spot to where only Terry can catch that. And we've all wanted Terry to, you know, go deep a lot more last year, and then we didn't have the quarterback that can can get Terry the ball. Terry's one of those guys that has a speed. He can be a a deep threat, a slot guy, an outside guy. Terry can do it all. But what I saw from Carson Wentz, he made some pretty good throws. Another one of my favorite throws was that pass to uh, Antonio Gibson, that that 26-yard that pass, I mean, I've never seen Antonio Gibson do anything like that since he's been in D.C., so we got to see Antonio Gibson being used as a wide receiver. We're going to talk about Antonio Gibson in a minute, but Carson played a good game. Outside of, those, outside of those two interceptions, one wasn't his fault. Trayvon Walker just made a great play. I believe if you go back and look at the tape, I believe it was Charles Leno that was blocking Trayvon Walker, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, and instead of Leno – pushing Trayvon Walker out of the play, Trayvon Walker came back inside to the left and just made a play on the ball. So I would have loved to see Charles Leto fight more to kind of push, you know, Trayvon Walker out the way. But then the play call, it was a dump screen. I didn't really like that play. That play works sometimes, but that wasn't the right play at that point in the game. But it is what it is. Um, Yeah, so outside of that interception, I'll just count Carson Wentz for one interception. Because Trevor Walker just, I mean, he just saw ball, and he went and got the ball, and that, that kind of changed the game. But back-to-back interceptions, I was kind of, like, thinking, oh, man, here we go again, the same, the same old Washington commanders who, you know, always start off good and then can't score, or you start off slow and then you're trying to come back. So they started off pretty good, right? Everything was fine. Then they got complacent, got some turnovers. Curtis Samuel also fumbled the ball we had three turnovers which shouldn't have happened shouldn't shouldn't should have happened we 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 got these turnovers and gave the jags back the ball so that that the, that the jags can be a factor and made the game closer than what it should have been you know um but yeah I, outside of those interceptions like i said i'm going to count one and i'm going to just negate the other one carson had a good game uh i mean he was connecting uh, you know, he was making plays. He was hitting Terry. He was hitting Curtis. He was hitting Logan Thomas and Samaria Rogers. He was able to run those those uh, those uh, play actions. And he also was able to run the ball effectively, too. He got out the pocket a few times, ran six times for 12 yards. So, overall, I love what Carson was able to do for the commanders. I love what Carson brings to the table. He's a big quarterback. He can see the field. He can make the throws. Let's clean up on some things because next week, that Lions game has the potential to be a high scoring game because the Lions offense is pretty good. So you're going to have to match them point for point because the defense, which we're going to talk about the defense, I don't too much trust right now. So overall, I love what Carson Wentz did on Sunday and I love what Carson Wentz brings to the table. Obviously there's a few things that you can clean up. You know, you didn't really get the reps in preseason, you know, with the whole Terry thing, Terry joined the team later. So he didn't really get that work with his quarterback. Now, Let's go ahead and transition to the perfect segue. Let's go ahead and transition towards the three wide receivers. We're going to start with Terry McLaurin. I felt like Terry should have been targeted 10 times, but maybe the flow of the game. He was targeted four times. He caught two passes, 56 yards in that long 49 yard touchdown. And he also caught that little uh, small screen pass or that small little short pass and was, and was able to spin and gain a first down. So we saw a lot of yak ability for Carson Wentz and his wide receivers on Sunday. So that's that. That's a good thing. When you can throw the ball for two yards and then the wide receivers are running back to tight ends can gain 12, 13, 20 yards off of that one catch. So that was good. So. Terry should have been targeted 10 times, but he was targeted four times. But then we've always complained. Like when when we see a game like this and Terry's only targeted four times and he gets 58 yards, most times we don't win the game. We're like, oh, man, Terry was shut down by so-and-so. Terry couldn't find the ball or whatever. Terry was open. Terry was doing some some good things. But at the same time, you know that he's going to get the best coverage every single time. But because we have more weapons now, which I'm going to talk about, now see that he's going to get a lot of one-on-one opportunities like we saw in that fourth quarter we transition to curtis samuel curtis samuel is the guy that i've been hard on i'm like man look curtis samuel we don't know who you are we don't know if you're you know this or that but he played well overall outside the fumble he did well he rushed the ball four times for 17 yards uh, he, uh, he, he i mean he was targeted he was the number one target for the team he caught uh 11 I'm sorry he was targeted 11 times and he caught eight passes and he was able to move the like move the ball effectively like that first quarter it was the Curtis Samuel show Curtis Samuel was doing basketball moves with the ball in his hands this guy was 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 juking people making people slip He was a slippery. I mean, he'll spin. A guy would try to tackle him, helmet comes off. Curtis Samuel was that dude. He brought it, it was like Showtime. It was like watching Showtime. You know, the guy was just so explosive. Although he had eight receptions for 55 yards, he got a lot of first downs. He got a lot of first downs, and nothing bigger than that touchdown play where he caught the ball, spins right into the end zone, touchdown, first quarter. I was excited. I was actually thinking that it was going to be Jahan Dotson with the first touchdown. If you guys remember the last pod, I predicted Jahan Dotson to score in the first quarter and Jahan Dotson to have that first touchdown. So technically I was right somewhat. Uh, <laughs> not really, but you know, you guys get the point. Um, but yeah, Curtis Samuel was just amazing the entire game. He made plays. This is why we brought Curtis Samuel here, uh, targeted 11 times, caught eight of them things. 55 yards obviously it wasn't a big yardage game for him it was more so put the ball in his hands and this guy can make plays and he made plays all evening long so I'm excited for Curtis Samuel. I'm glad that he's on the squad. He even had that one uh, 11-yard run to gain another first down. So he's going to be a weapon for us. He's going to get touches. He had a total of 12 touches, and I see his touches going up. You're going to see him run the ball anywhere from four to six times every single game. So I love what Curtis Samuel was able to bring to the to the table. We transitioned to the last wide receiver, and to me, this was the hero of the day. Although Curtis Samuel made, made some plays, Jahan Dotson, in his debut game. This guy had um, he was targeted just, just five times. He caught three receptions, 40 yards, and two touchdowns, but none bigger than the last touchdown to win the game. Rookie Jahan Dotson, Penn State. This guy is gonna be special. After that second touchdown, I said I said a star has been born. Jahan Dotson is gonna be a star. He's gonna be a problem in this league. You're gonna to have to cover. him. You're gonna to have to like look and see where is his, where is Jahan Dotson at all times? This guy right here, he's gonna be a star. He knows how to get open, he catches everything, he runs crispy routes, he can jump out the gym. What can Jahan Dotson not do? So I really love what Jahan Dotson was able to do in his first game. And if we're gonna compare first games, Terry McLaurin had a good first game, okay, of his career but you also have to compare it to what Jahan Dotson was able to do. You know, I'm going to try to go back and see if I can find Terry's first game because his first game was 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 amazing. I believe it was I think it was 100 yards if I'm not mistaken. Um it was versus the Eagles. I remember him catching a deep touchdown. Um yeah, I, let me see if I can find this thing. Let me see how far ESPN goes back with the game logs. All right, that very first game, Terry was targeted seven times. He caught five receptions. He had 125 yards and one touchdown. So when you're comparing it, Terry had a 69-yard touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Jahan Dotson had a game-winning touchdown. So when you look at that first game and you see Terry, you're like, this is a guy that could possibly be something. Looking at the game yesterday, seeing Jahan Dotson, the way that he conducted himself, you're looking at him like this is a guy that 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 has a, a it factor. I don't know how far he can go. Oh man, we got some guys in the chat. Dave Robb, man, what's good? We got Hawk in the building, man. What's good? Yeah, man. Jahan Dotson is that dude. And this is the first time since I've been a fan that we had three wide receivers catch touchdowns, or nothing but wide receivers catch touchdowns. Like, we just haven't really had, we haven't had this since maybe the Pierre Garçon and uh, Deshaun Jackson Crowder era. This group is special. This group is special. As long as they all stay healthy, people say, oh, this group is small. Carson Wentz threw the ball up in the air. Jahan Dotson caught it two feet down. Touchdown. That was the first touchdown. Then the second touchdown, Carson throws that ball, beautiful throw. And I don't even know how Jahan Dotson caught that ball. It was like his hands are glue. And we all know that Jahan Dotson is a guy that walks around with a football. Remember all the all the things that we heard when the season started. You know, is this, is this you know, is this hype? And I remember when once we drafted him, I was excited for him. But there were fans that were not excited for Jahan Dotson, and that's fine. You know, sometimes you have to kind of get used to these players and really see who these players are. You know, obviously I wanted a guy like George Pickens. I wanted a guy like um, – there was a few guys that I wanted that we didn't get. We got Jahan Dotson. He was on my list. But I had Olave, Garrett Wilson, uh, George Pickens, and I believe one, one, one other guy. And we didn't get any of those guys, and we got Jahan Dotson. I was happy with the pick. Um, could we have gotten him in the second round? Maybe, but I think that Jahan Dotson would not have made it past Green Bay. I'm so grateful and I'm so glad that Jahan Dotson is on our squad. Um, Dave Rob says, even then, we had we had the fullback catch TDs. Um, the guy after sellers. Absolutely, absolutely. So look. I'm so excited that we have offense. And there are times when being a Commanders fan, Washington football fan, Redskins fan, there are times when we can't score, right? Or the offense looks boring or we don't have weapons. And it's like, when are we ever gonna get some receivers? When are we ever gonna get playmakers, right? But also let's talk about Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson was the biggest question mark coming into this game. Antonio Gibson was a guy that we all – we all of us were pretty much done with Antonio Gibson. If you guys weren't, I know I was. For the past two years, I've liked Antonio Gibson's game, but I like Antonio Gibson in space. I like seeing Antonio Gibson as a guy that you can – he's a playmaker. But forcing him to run the ball when he's still learned in that position, that I didn't like. And that was what made Antonio Gibson fumble so many times. And we've seen this game, Antonio Gibson had 14 carries. When Brian Robinson Jr. does come back, you're going to see less carries for Antonio Gibson, but you're going to see Antonio Gibson being used more in that pass game. Uh, Viscount says, maybe a bit early for Dotson. Uh He's in the running for rookie of the year. I agree. I agree. When you come in and you score two touchdowns, you got to be in the running for rookie of the year. Um I'm excited for it. I'm here for it. I think he's going to have some big yardage games. I think he's going to have some big games coming up. I just love who Jahan Dotson is and how he carries himself. He's a high-character guy. He's a guy that means business, a guy that's always trying to win. So those are those are the kind of guys that you want on your team. Um, but back to Antonio Gibson. The interesting thing is that um, I talked about Curtis Samuel leading us in targets. Antonio Gibson was number two in targets. Antonio Gibson was targeted eight times. He caught seven of them things. He led us in receiving with 72 yards. And I'm telling you guys, that 26-yard catch, that was when I said, you know what? This is how you use Antonio Gibson. Matter of fact, you can line Antonio Gibson up in the slot. He has that potential. But Scott Turner, it took him how many years to get to this point? It took Scott Turner... I mean, even last year we tried to get Curtis Samuel the ball, but this is how you use Curtis Samuel. This is how you use Antonio Gibson. If you watch the game again closely, you see that before the ball is, is snapped, right? You got people in motion, people going this way, people going that way, this way, this way, that way. What I don't want the commanders to do is to try to get too cute to where like that one end around towards Dotson, that wasn't that wasn't even a play. That wasn't a play. But the way that they're motioning. One play, I saw Gibson motion in from the backfield and run around. That's how he got that 26-yard pass. Um, I mean, just amazing, amazing. Look, Scott Turner, I give you some credit. There there's some things they, that Scott Turner was able to do that I didn't like, but I give Scott Turner credit this game. Uh Dave Robb says, I wasn't done with Gibby. I just didn't want him being a bell cow. Okay, I respect it. I, res- I-, I respect it. I was done with Gibby being the bell cow. So I, w- I, w- I would go ahead and say that. I didn't want to turn Gibson to fail. I don't want to turn Gibson to fail. I want every player that comes to our team to succeed. I just wanted a real running back. I just wanted a guy that you can give the ball when it's 3rd and two, fourth and 1, and you're confident that that guy can find the right hole and, and get those tough yards. Gibson is first, yes. Gibson with 14, 15 carries, I'm okay with that. I'm even okay with a split in carries between within uh, Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson. The last thing I'm going to say about Antonio Gibson before I move on is Antonio Gibson is doing what J.D. McKissick has been doing. That's why I was not upset when J.D. McKissick was going to leave town. As much as I like J.D. McKissick, what I wanted was I wanted to see J.D. McKissick more in a role, I mean, Gibson more in a role where he can do some of the things that JD McKissick can do. He can't, I mean, he's, 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 he's bigger, faster, stronger. He's more talented. Gibson is more talented than JD McKissick, but JD McKissick is very important to what the commanders do. Let's not get those two things mixed up. JD McKissick is a better pass blocker, right? than Gibson, if Gibson can work on pass protection, he can be on the field even more. When Robinson comes back, I am welcome. I, I am more excited about Gibson returning some kickoffs and some punts for us if need be. He's just a guy. You put the ball in his hands, the guy can make things happen. And I'm glad that they're finally using Gibson in space. They're finally using him in a passing game. We're finally seeing some screens. If anything, any coach can draw up a screenplay. Draw up a screenplay. So look, Gibson might not get eight targets a game moving forward, but just know that he's going to be getting at least five targets a game. He's going to be involved in the passing game. Curtis Samuel involved in the passing game. And if all these things are happening and Terry is not getting those 10 targets that I want and we're winning, I am okay with it. As long as everybody else is stepping up, right? Terry doesn't have to get those 10 to 15 target games. There's going to be games when Terry is going to see a corner, hopefully Dallas, when once we play Dallas, he's going to see a corner and say, you know what? That's the guy that I'm going to attack. And look, I'm looking forward to those games. There's going to be times when Terry comes in and plays like a Pro Bowl caliber guy. There's going to be times when he got help. We all wanted help, so we can't cry that Terry is not getting targets. Okay, I can't cry that Terry's not getting targets. We wanted help, he got help. That's what we want as fans. I think I think as fans, we want to win first first and foremost. Then the stats come in, right? So let's go ahead and transition to the to the tight ends. Before I talk about Logan Thomas, let's talk about Amari Rodgers. Shout out to Amari Rodgers. This guy has done everything that the coaching staff has asked of this young man. There was a point in time when Amari Rodgers was the only tight end we had that was healthy. Former quarterback, so he sees. he's very smart. Okay, He sees the game from a different point of view. There was that beautiful play where we sent everybody to the right. Amari Rodgers was right there to the left. He gave him the ball. He ran the ball 26 yards before getting out of bounds. And he also tried to knock the defender out of the way. So that's, those are some of the things that I look at. I also feel, I said this on the last show, Amari Rodgers is our most athletic tight end on the roster. He's fast. He can jump. He can run routes. He can catch. He's going to be something that we built. Like, we're going to build on... Amari Rogers. Now, obviously, when Cole Turner comes back, he brings a different dynamic to the team. But Amari Rodgers needs, needs to dress. I think they should be dressing for tight ends every single week. Some of these guys can play uh, uh, special teams. John Bates is a, possibly the best blocker that we have. And then Logan Thomas is a little bit of both in terms of blocking and running routes. Viscount says, Terry was there when we needed him. He is still the best on our roster. Absolutely. I am not... Arguing with that. Terry is the best receiver we have on the roster. But the good thing is that we now have other weapons, both running backs, tight ends. So I love that that it's no longer one-sided. Like every team knows you take Terry out the game, watch this offense looks pretty bad. Or Terry's open, and then we had a quarterback that couldn't get him the ball. So I'm loving what's happening with the team. Viscount also says Amario Rogers yards is very good. Um, the tight end room is stacked. The tight end room is stacked, and once you guys see Cole Turner, you guys are gonna love Cole Turner. This allows us to be able to move on from Logan Thomas in a year or two, if we choose to. I love Logan Thomas. I don't want him. I want him to be here for a while. But I'm just saying, if money issues become, if money becomes an issue to where we need to pay somebody else, the tight end group is getting to a place to where you can move on from Logan Thomas if the team decided to. So I'm not saying get rid of Logan Thomas. Not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that it's possible. Uh, Dave Rob reads. um, Yeah, Terry kept the defense uh, busy while uh, Samuel, AG, and Jahans. I love it. Jahans, Jahans. I love it. Jahans. Love that nickname. Could Cook. I love it, man. I think this receiver group worked as a team, and they were able to accomplish something that you don't see too much out of a group. First time playing together. It was like a well-oiled machine. Everybody was on one accord. It was just beautiful. It was just beautiful music. Um, But, yeah, Mario Rodgers, I'm very impressed with this kid. He's going to be around. Um, We need to invest in him. We need to invest in him, lock him up. Um, Logan Thomas, first game back, he didn't look fast. He didn't look slow. He looked okay. He looked okay. Maybe not just Logan Thomas, but he had a good game. He was targeted six times. He caught three of them for 45 yards. He, he, he made some timely plays, so I'm impressed with Logan Thomas coming off of injury and getting, you know, 45 yards. What if he was targeted 12 times? You're talking about six catches for potentially 90 yards. So you're going to see some big games out of Logan Thomas. Um, it, it's just lovely right now. This offense looks good. Obviously, we we we, we played the Jags, so that's temper temporary expectations. I want to see what this offense looks like once we're up against better teams, right, the Tampa Bay is in a world or the, the Chargers defense, the Rams defense. When you start playing some of these tougher defenses, then I'm interested to see what does the team look like? You know what I'm saying? So overall, great game from the tight end group. I was really really impressed with what they were able to bring to the table um i think uh this group has a lot of potential especially when you add in a john bates and you add in a cole turner it's a good problem to have to have some young guys some you know a, a vet guy in logan thomas and then to kind of see what this group can be moving forward some of the tough defenses that we're going to be playing coming up in week three are the eagles the titans defense in week six uh the bears defense don't sleep on them the packers defense colts defense the Vikings defense looked good uh yesterday. Um, then you have defenses like the Giants, don't sleep on them. Um, 49ers, Browns. So you, you got some defenses to play, and you're gonna have to show up. You're gonna have to show up, you're gonna have to show that the offense has truly improved. You have to show that you that you're consistent. So I want to see some consistency out of this offense. It's not just hey, come out, you score 14, and then you know, then what? You know, or or you come out, you get a touchdown here. Get some consistency. We control the clock well. I think once Robinson comes back, I know I keep saying that. We just need that running back that's going to be able to get those tough yards. We're able to move the chains, get some of those third and shorts. Uh, we now have some guys that you can throw the ball to them and they can create some yak ability and get that first down. You know, I think all of our wide receivers can do that. We didn't see much of Deami Brown. I don't even know if he even played a snap. Uh, we didn't even need to see Deami Brown. The The main three wide receivers were just enough to do what we needed them to do. Uh, Viscount says the offense is only going to get better with more reps. I agree. The first game of the season is usually like a preseason game because a lot of guys don't play preseason. And then when you do give them a few series here, a few series there, and that's it. You play two preseason games, three series here, four series here. And then, you know, a total of maybe seven series or whatever the case may be, or less than that, actually. And then that's it for your offense. So, Offense is looking better. Yes, it was a, against a lesser team, and that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to dominate. You're supposed to throw four touchdowns versus a defense like the Jags. Not only are the is the Jags' defense not that good, they're also young. So you have a chance to really work on some things. Now, the Lions' defense is another one. they got some potential, but they're similar to the Jags. The only difference between the Lions and the Jags, you're going to see the Lions can score. Do not sleep on Jared Goff. Do not sleep on Amara and St. Brown and all these different guys. So I'm going to be doing a, a preview of that game. I think the Lions game is going to be a lot tougher than, than all of us think. They can score the ball. They have some really gifted offensive players. It's going to be it's going to be a tough one. Um, Viscount says, Rams look more rusty than us. Yes, the Rams look really, really rusty. You know what I'm saying? The Buccaneers look rusty. The Cowboys look rusty. A lot of different teams in the NFL look rusty. You can tell that so many teams weren't really themselves. But we talk about the O-line, and I saw some good things, and I saw some things that I didn't like. Um, I think overall, the O-line played well, overall. But there were times when it looked kind of shaky. There were times when Carson was under pressure. There were times when they couldn't create holes for the running backs. But overall, they did just enough to give Carson clean pockets. And that's what you look at on all the screenplays. These guys were getting out of the front and blocking. So I can't really knock them too much. I want to see Samuel Cosby get better and better and better. I think he, he has a chance to be a special right tackle in this league. I love the depth that we have. Um, I love that Wes Weitcher was able to step in and start at right guard uh while uh Turner you know continues to recover from from injury. Um, but overall good performance by the offensive line. We focus on the defensive line now, and who stood out to me the most was, of course, our two big guys in the middle. You know, you got Payne, you got Allen. You got Allen, you know, gets the sack. He's the leader of this defense. I mean, Chase Young or no Chase Young? Everybody knows that this is Jonathan Allen's team. It is Jonathan Allen's team until Chase Young takes that next level. He has to take that next level to then take it away from Allen, and that's going to be tough because – the way that Allen is playing right now, just this start, he's on his way to a whole another pro bowl. But do not sleep on Deron Payne. What Deron Payne was able to show me yesterday was amazing. He was able to get pressure and get pressure and, 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 and flustered Trevor Lawrence. He also got a sack. And it just shows me that with all the contract issues going on, with everything that he's heard, trade me. Uh, I mean, I mean, he, like, he might get traded or this might happen or that might happen. Deron Payne seems focused. He's going to ball out. He's going to get paid somewhere. Either he gets paid in Washington or he gets paid elsewhere. Now, let me go ahead and say this. Some of you guys might not like this. What if Deron Payne is the guy that gets paid and Montez Sweat is the guy that the team lets go? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, we we know they're going to pay Chase Young when it's time. You invested so much in Chase Young. Montez Sweat is a really good player. And he would have had a sack if it was not because of the intentional grounding. The defensive line and the team in general was able to cause two intentional groundings on Trevor Lawrence. So I did love that. So it's not always about the sacks. One guy said, well, Montez Sweat didn't get a sack, so Montez Sweat is not good, or whatever the case may be. No, Montez Sweat is a great player. You know, just because you don't get sacks does not mean that you're not a good player or a great player. Sacks are good, but pressure is everything. You know what I'm saying? So he he, I mean, he should have had a sack, but he didn't get that sack. Um, yeah, just 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 think about it for a minute. What if Montez Sweat is the one to get paid? I mean, sorry, Payne gets paid and Montez Sweat is the odd man out. I just don't see a scenario where they pay four guys on that defensive line. They uh Viscount says they may franchise uh franchise tag Montez Sweat and buy time. Absolutely. That's a great scenario. I haven't even thought about that. They possibly could franchise tag uh, Montez Sweat. They can pay Allen. I mean, they already paid Allen. Pay Payne because Payne is next up, and then you're right. Franchise tag Montez Sweat when it's time. Um, that's definitely, definitely a good plan. Um, we transition to one of the heroes of the defense, Derek Forrest. Derek Force steps in for Cameron Curl. Derek Forrest was a really good special teams player last year. Didn't really get a lot of snaps on the field with the defense. And then now Derek Forrest sees opportunity. He takes opportunity, and he dominates. Derek Forrest was out here defending passes. He was out here, and then he had the game-selling uh, interception at the end to win the game. So Derek Forrest, you know, five total tackles. Four of those were solo. He defended two passes, and he had that game-winning interception. He was rangy. He was moving around. He was playing the strong safety. But this guy sure was looking like a free safety. Look, I love that Ron Rivera preaches position flex because sometimes you can't even tell who is the free safety and who is the strong safety. But I'm telling you, what Derek Force was able to do was well, he was able to, to showcase his talents. And he's going to be in the field even more. The going to be field even more. They love Percy Butler, but I think it's, this is Derek Forrest's season. This is Derek Forrest's time. You're going to see him play that Buffalo nickel a lot. When Cameron Crow comes back, it's a great problem to have. They love to play three safeties anyway. So, yeah, Derek Forrest was amazing. Second-year guy from Cincinnati when we drafted him. People were like, "Oh, what are we doing? You know, is he a special teams guy? These are the moments where you you. You look at your scouting and your drafting and, and you know, are you grooming these guys? Are you doing these different things? Derek Forrest seems to look like the real deal. He made some great plays for the defense. But overall, let's go ahead and talk about this pass defense. This pass defense looks awful. They look awful. They were able to let Trevor Lawrence do everything he wanted to do. Trevor Lawrence, 42 uh, pass attempts. He completed 24 of those. Uh, he had a touchdown. He had an interception that very last play. He was sacked two times, lost 15 yards on that. But he was able to target guys like Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk was targeted 12 times. He caught six of them for 117. So it wasn't even that Christian Kirk was just, like, destroying us all game, like, per you know per target basis. It was that when Christian Kirk did catch the ball, it was deadly. This guy was averaging 19.5 yards per catch. Who was guarding this guy? You know what I'm saying? Zay Jones was another one. He was out here getting mad receptions. He had six receptions on nine targets. So those were their two main guys, 21 targets for those two guys, 12 receptions. They had well over 170 yards, no touchdowns, but these guys were moving the ball effectively. There was a time when Marvin Jones, if he wasn't overthrown, that was a touchdown. There was a time when ETN should have had a touchdown. So I really don't even understand what the defense was doing. Really, Washington didn't even deserve to win this game because there were two blown opportunities to where the Jacksonville Jaguars should have and could have scored. So it's crazy to me. Viscount says, so pleased with Defoe. Showed up as he didn't uh, have a rookie year, did have a great rookie year. Agreed, uh, this is his year. Curling Defoe on the pitch at the same time would be great, absolutely. I, I would love to see default take McCain's spot honestly move McCain to the slot make him a backup corner when you need that uh Justin what's good man appreciate you hopping on the stream he said Gibson went off uh says etn dropped the pass though so yeah etn dropped that pass etn should have scored it was like there was two times when etn dropped the pass and I, I was like wow uh, Justin says, Wentz is such a good quarterback for the Commanders. Absolutely, Wentz did some great things for the Commanders. I'm so excited that we ended up with Carson Wentz and not a guy like Trubisky. And I was telling people, although this is the first game, of although this is versus the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars, at the end of the day, Wentz made plays when he was supposed to make plays. This is what you're supposed to do against lesser talented teams. But back to the Jacksonville receiving core. Overall, I was impressed. I was impressed with ETN. I was impressed with uh, Evan Ingram, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. I'm telling you guys, Trevor Lawrence is going to have a good season. He's going to have a good season, and you can already see the growth. You can already see the growth. I don't know who they play next, but I just know that they're going to be a team that's going to be, you know, trying to do some things. Everybody was thinking, "Oh, ETN is going to come out here and do this and do that." ETN had four carries. James Robinson was so effective. Matter of fact, the Jags were effective running the ball. I don't know why they went away from running the ball. The Jags had 18 carries as a team for 123 yards, 6.8 yards per carry, and you kind of go away from running the ball. It's crazy. It's crazy. Viscount says JDR needs to tighten up the backfield. He does. He does. He does. I 100% agree. 100% agree. But yeah, the Jags were impressive to me on offense. Uh, we just we, we were just able to kind of get in front of you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence to kind of confuse him a little bit and kind of, you know, get in his head a little bit, pressure him a little bit. But overall, I was impressed with Trevor Lawrence, to be honest. He played a good game. They just could not score enough. I mean, they were in, they were in scoring positions. They were in scoring positions. Even the missed field goal, the missed to Etienne and another miss, and then the missed to Marvin Jones. I mean, they could have had 35 points, real talk. The Jags literally could have had 35 points, but it is what it is. I'm glad that they missed all them things, and I'm glad that we were able to get the win. Uh, Devin Lloyd looks the part. Devin Lloyd looks amazing. Trayvon Walker looks amazing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Ola Khan, their, their new linebacker that, that that they signed from ATL, he had 10 tackles. He looks amazing. So Jacksonville, got some. they got some pieces to build on, and they're going to be a team that's going to be up and coming uh, moving forward. So, yeah, the Colts and Jags. Don't sleep on the Jags. While we're on the Colts, right, let's go ahead and talk about Matt Ryan being the savior for the Colts. There was a time when they were losing 20-3. to Yes, Matt Ryan brought them back. They tied the game 20-20, and then they couldn't score to win the game. That game ended up in a tie. So People want to knock Carson Wentz because you don't like him, but then you want to praise Matt Ryan because he's a veteran. He's won the MVP before and this and that. So I don't think that was fair. You can't really compare the two, but it just is what it is. It is what it is. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, Jags play the Colts. I'm looking forward to seeing what Trevor Lawrence continues to do. I think the Jags possibly win versus the Colts. Now, if the Colts can't beat the Jags, I don't want to hear anything else about Matt Ryan being better. I don't want to hear anything about about Matt Ryan being better than, than Carson Wentz. Oh, we traded too much to get Carson Wentz. We gave up too much money. Carson Wentz is really a one-year rental. If he works out, you resign him. You give him a contract. If he doesn't play well, you let him go. And if he's playing so bad, you bench him and you save that second-round pick. You give him a third and you cut your losses. So it just is what it is um, I'm excited for. it. Justin says he sees the Jags being in the Colts 28-3. Wow. Wow. That is, that is something else. That is something else. Um I think there's one more thing I had on my list to talk about, and that's um and that's third downs. Offensively, I believe we did a pretty good job converting third downs. We did a pretty good job converting third downs. Um defensively, <laughs> there's still some things that we need to do. Um in terms of our offense, we were we were uh we had 10 chances to convert first downs. We were able to convert seven out of 10. That's a 70% rate. Um, we had 70 total plays, and 10 of those were to convert first down, and we converted them seven out of 10. That was beautiful. On the flip side, the Jags had 12 opportunities to convert a first down, and it was three out of 12. So the two things that I wanted to happen happened. You know what I'm saying? Both with us limiting our penalties. Uh, we had three first down penalties. Jags had five. Um, we had seven rushing first downs uh, and sixteen passing uh, first downs in the entire game. Uh, but on those third down, on that third down efficiency, seventy percent is where you want to be. You convert seventy percent of your third downs, you're most likely going to win the game. So I'm glad that was something that we saw in the preseason that we didn't like. But I I was just so glad that we were able to work on that, and it it can get better. There were some plays that, you know, we were not necessarily pleased with and, and, you know, things of that nature. But overall, outside of those three turnovers by the offense, like we can't have three turnovers. We can't. We can't. Matter of fact, we should be winning that turnover battle. Uh, When you look at the time of possession, let me see if they give me that information here. Okay, time of possession, we had 32 32 minutes 57 seconds compared to 27 minutes and three seconds for the drag. So we were able to control the ball slightly better. It could have been better had we run the ball more, but overall, I think that Scott Turner called a pretty good game. Uh Viscount says that will shut Urse up. Yeah, man. Urse is trash. I don't I, look. I don't care nothing about the Colts, I don't care. Nothing. If it's not fantasy, I, I don't care. They try to bash Carson wins and try to treat him wrong. It just is what it is. Viscount kind of says third down offense, defense were very good. Let's see if it continues. That's the key. It has to continue because if it does not continue, then we fall back into those same things. We were like, uh oh, this is the same commanders. This is the same Washington uh commanders all over again. So third down efficiency was a plus. So just to recap, we talked about Carson Wentz and his great game. We talked about the three wide receivers and their impact in this game, which was four touchdowns. Love that. Uh, Gibson had over 100 yards total. You know, over 100 yards total. I think it was up to like 120, if I'm not mistaken. That's amazing. Uh, Coming from Antonio Gibson, 56 uh, uh, yards rushing the ball. And then he also had 72 yards receiving with seven receptions. So for those of you guys who play fantasy football and play PPR, Gibson had 20 points PPR. Uh, So that was great, both for real life and fantasy. The tight end room looked great, Rodgers and Thomas. The offensive line was solid. The defensive tackles led by Payne and Allen. Speaking of defensive tackles, Fadarian Mathis has been, you know, he's hurt he's hurt and he's out for the year. Can't really think of the injury that, that he had uh, just yet, but um, he had that big injury. Uh, let me see if I can find out what injury he had. Ah, gotta find it. So there was two injuries yesterday that, that affected Washington commanders this season. And one of them was uh, Derek, uh, sorry, not Derek Forrest. One of them was uh for Darian Mathis. So um, he just posted something. He says he has a, a he had a he had a minor setback for a major comeback. He can't wait to come back and all that good stuff. Um, so I'm just glad that he's had a surgery and he's going to be better. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not really seeing the injury right now. Oh yeah, it was his knee. It was his knee. He had a knee uh, injury. That's you know he's gonna, he's going to need surgery and it's going to knock him out for the rest of the year. So that was that was tough. That was tough um i was really excited to you know to you know to see mathis play this year he had uh, a memorable play stopping the run uh during this game and I, I was actually looking forward to more of him but you know he's lost the team did have a corresponding move today uh they were able to sign a lower tier guy in uh donovan jeter i don't know much about him i'll do my research on Donovan jeter they say he's a a uh, undrafted free agent from the from the University of Michigan, so that's going to be a guy that they're calling up. Uh, that you know Dominic Kinsu was out there and star uh, star to I I can't even pronounce his last name. I'm maybe gonna lie to you guys, but you know he's out there as well. So hopefully the team rallies around um, our guys. I mean, there's been tons of injuries around the NFL, and I'm just I'm we are blessed that the only Injury was for Darian Matthews that was this serious, you know, because week one you we got a ton of guys that get hurt. Uh, Viscount says, Thanks for the video, man. He looked forward to seeing your fantasy videos. You put me on to uh Kirk in my flex this week. Hey, man, so glad that you listened. Uh, I'll be doing my waiver wire show tomorrow night or yeah, tomorrow night, so keep a, keep a lookout for that. Maybe around 8 30 Eastern, I mean, Central Time, I'll be doing my you know, waiver wire show. So Tune in. If you, if you don't catch it, just catch the replay. Um, Bill Kamara, appreciate you hopping on the stream, man. It says, if we can play like we did in the first half consistently, we will win the division with ease. Speaking of division, that Prescott got hurt. He was able to – I mean, he hit his, his, uh, his, his hand or his thumb two different times. And both times we, we were thinking, oh, it's because he's playing bad, and he left the field. And everybody was like, oh, that Prescott is just playing around. And then all of a sudden – jerry jones is saying this is a serious injury next thing i know i'm like oh man he's having surgery and he's expected to miss anywhere from six to eight weeks maybe even more so commanders play the cowboys week four with cooper rush lesser talented quarterback everybody's saying oh cowboys straight for jimmy garoppolo i don't see that happening but all these different dynamics are happening right now all geared around who wins this division You know, uh, I mean, the NFL is crazy. It just takes one injury, and the whole dynamics of a whole team just changes. Dallas Cowboys right now are the last place team in the NFC East. They have a tough schedule coming up, so we just have to continue to uh, win. Uh, Bill Kamara says we need Cam Crow back quick. We need him back ASAP. Uh, Viscount also says that the new DT was on the Steelers practice squad as a UDFA. That's pretty interesting. That's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Hey, if the Steelers are bringing you in and they know defense, that means there's some potential there. But I also think that they bring in a vet. But we'll see what happens. Um, also, we talk about the O line. We talk about about the about the defensive tackles, uh, Forrest third down efficiency, uh, pass uh, defense. So, guys, this is the episode. This is the show. This is the back row commanders show. Please like, please subscribe, please share. You guys can also find the audio version of this in case you're driving and you want to just listen and not watch me ramble. Uh, You guys can find me on Apple, Google, Spotify, the Back Row Commander Show. All right, y'all. I will catch you guys on the next episode. I'll be doing an NFL recap show tonight. It's going to be late. It's probably going to be around 9 Central, 10 Eastern. If you guys are not doing anything, please come back and join me later on tonight. See you guys later, man. Peace.